Hello everyone and welcome to episode 227 and yes this is the last episode of the May 13th of the Korean podcast the four episodes I did this is the fourth one and our today's guest is Miss Anna Hawashka Schwab she's a concept artist at as shot grid coordinator at play and go from Budapest Hungary and yes shot grid coordinator is a role that was new to me and we will talk about it and discuss it on the podcast as well so no worries about that and before we jump into the question in the forum contact section of the captions we can see the and you can also find the links to her instagram the link tree the card links twitter our session you name it everything is there go check it out and yeah also in the gumroad there's a gumroad link as well there's like a free daily sketching brush for procreate so if you're interested in that that's kind of interesting my previous guests like you know before you also had the gumroad did the procreate brushes you know it's kind of nice funny quotes in this It's, it's kind of <laughs> I, I don't know that that was the the thing uh, the place where to put it because yeah. I, I always found brushes there when I, whenever I was interested in somebody specifically who whichever brushes but I don't really use brushes just the ones <laughs> yeah all right so let's jump to the first question signature question of the podcast where I ask everyone which is give us a little introduction on how we got into the world of visual arts and basically tell us your origin story if you know how you mm-hmm. became an artist um, I don't really know how common it is but I am that uh, weird type of person who actually came from art uh, both of my uh, parents were in art and still <laughs> a little bit in art. My uh, mother is actually a graphic designer and my uh, dad is a comic book <laughs> artist. So I actually grew up <laughs> very much uh, enveloped in a lot of art um, and creativity. Even my godmother is, uh, I Google this, vitreous enamel artist. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody around me did art. Which I later learned uh, that that what was uh, special about it uh, among artists is that I obviously did not really suffer the uh, not approving <laughs> uh, parents' problems. So obviously they they were very supportive um, of my interests because I actually since I was able to grab a pencil <laughs> or a brush was able to do what I liked. Uh, and I was given a lot of tools as well because I grew up with my parents' university artistic tools and stuff. I had a lot of watercolors and and uh, other tools, crayons and stuff. Um, the only um, dark side to this that a lot of people wouldn't really uh, know about uh, is that my parents actually knew what they were looking at, obviously. So whenever I showed them... Uh, my stuff it, it it it's not that they weren't supportive or that uh, they didn't praise me for what i did and what i achieved but they also had the the critical eye as well <laughs> so they were able to tell me that hey the t- proportions you messed that up hey the values there is not that that's not correct or, <laughs> or the, hey let's let here here take this anatomy book <laughs> and study a bit more about this one <laughs> so it was very kind of a interesting upbringing for myself because I, I obviously did not really face a lot of challenges a lot of other people do whenever their parents are not really happy about them pursuing art um, but yeah I was very uh, very much driven <laughs> to get into it as much as possible I did not really have that many um, 
how to say this uh, illusions about it because I obviously knew a lot uh, and my parents uh, knew very well how difficult it can be to make it as a successful artist. Um, but but I actually, my, my dad was very much into fantasy books and stuff. So I, I got introduced into um, that, that world as well very early on. So I started doing a lot of illustrations and I obviously had my <laughs> anime phases <laughs> in my teenage years. So I pretty much drew whenever I had the chance. I was kind of a gra- uh, graphomaniac, if that's the term. <laughs> I, I drew on every possible surface that I could find. I obviously never had any kind of shortage of, <laughs> of paper and drawing materials because we had tons of paper drawing stuff and scrap as well. So, yeah, it was, it was always my emotional support, passion, slash even in my, my teenage years, I, I started to get into a little bit of illustration uh, through my dad as well, because he was working with uh, publishers and sometimes I got into that. <laughs> so that was very early on my my kind of fixed vision that, hey, I am going to be a visual artist. And because I, I got into video games uh, as well, I kind of had the dream that I am going to be one of those featured artists, at least in, in the credits after a very big AAA game. <laughs> Since then, I I wouldn't say that I gave up on that, but that's not my main goal <laughs> anymore. But it was enough for me to get into basically visual arts uh, as a professional way <laughs> of living, basically. All right. And um, were you originally studying art and design or were you pursuing another career path when you were like, you know, in your high in your high school years? And of course, that's when usually people try to think about, you know, their future, if they should go to college mm-hmm. and stuff like that. How was that path for you? Well, to be honest, I, well, it wasn't a little village, but it wasn't a big city as well where I grew up. Um, we had an art school in that in that city. But uh, to be honest, by the time I actually decided that, yes, this is going to be that uh, my, my profession, my actual uh, profession, I kind of um, ran out of time uh, to switch schools without actually repeating years. So I kind of uh, managed to go through a normal high school uh, and as a side Thing, I started going to art classes uh, for uh, with, with teachers from that art school. <laughs> and by the time we kind of um, had to start thinking about university and um, additional learning, I started to apply for these, oh God, what is the word for it? <laughs> these prep uh, classes for university. Obviously, it had a lot of uh, extra struggles because I had to actually travel to uh, to the capital uh, every weekend, for example, for those classes uh, for the Hungarian University of Fine Arts. <laughs> I I went to couple uh, at least a few, maybe four or five 
uh, of these uh, prep classes. And so I had a lot of material <laughs> to actually um, give to the university when, when it was application. But I did not get in for the first time or the second time. <laughs> so it was a little bit of, it had its up, in, up and down. So obviously it, uh, it took me a long time to actually get there. Uh, and then by my third try, I actually got in. And then I left it after one year, <laughs> to be honest. I very quickly um, realized that it was not for me, at least the academic approach uh, to art. And because I never really stopped drawing, I, I still, in that, all, all that time, I still kept drawing. I still had some paying jobs um, with smaller companies. Um, I worked on mobile games and stuff, um, Nothing big and fancy, but it, it was enough to pay the bills. So I really got into a lot of prep, prep school stuff for university. And I do believe to this day that they were the most valuable <laughs> lessons that I, I actually had uh, before I got university. I don't really feel like I, I, get, I got uh, too much from university. That was one of the main reasons I left it. So... I kind of made some connections, at least enough connections that I was able to uh, jump from one um, one small company to our, my current company, for example. So I've been there for five and a half years now. <laughs> All right, awesome. And the next question is, what is your main branch of design that you're focusing on right now? And tell us about your experience from the start of it until now. Of course, in the introduction, I mentioned you're a concept artist, but... Um, what exactly field? What exact field are you specializing in in concept art? Yeah, um, to be perfectly honest, uh, I usually and um, in my early years, obviously, I mostly sketched. A lot of uh, sketches were done all over the place, and then because my my parents actually purchased a, a very very early digital tablet <laughs> to be honest uh, I tried it out as well so I started to dabble a little bit uh, in digital art uh, very early on as well but I never really cut that much the, the, the hang of it. Um, it, it it was always most mostly the sketches for me I really loved uh, loved those um, and I did a lot of digital art in, in my work <laughs> in, in, in the smallest companies. And, uh, and then that was how I got into uh, our current company. And um, I don't know if anybody knows, uh, my company makes slot machine games. Um, they have very, very refined, very much rendered, <laughs> uh, nice items, symbols, illustrations uh, in them. So... I kind of got into that. I was I was a very good finisher, if I can say that. So if somebody was not really that much uh, experienced in, in uh, digital art, I was kind of the person who got to finish their work. So I was doing the last ten to twenty percent <laughs> on the on the symbol to to basically polish it, and um, and it was kind of a, a, a term mix up at the company when they actually wanted to kind of select some experienced people at the company from the artists. 
and we were named concept artists <laughs> for some reason. So I wouldn't say that I am very, very strong at concept art, uh, at least not in a sense that I can usually say professional concept artists and their portfolios. I am always in awe of sewing, uh, seeing anything that, that people do who are actual concept artists. I did some, uh, but I never really got that much into it. Uh, at least I don't have too many work um, in that department, to be honest. And I, um, I got titled this uh, <laughs> shot grid coordinator last summer, so since then, because it's much more like uh, in the in the lines of project management and uh, pipeline management, basically, I don't really paint at my work anymore. So I don't, uh, I am not involved in any game projects. Um, but I never really gave up on drawing. I cannot really do that. <laughs> I am a graphoman <laughs> person um, in my core, at least. So I. I cannot really tell you which year uh, it was, um, but whenever the iPad uh, came out with the pencil, <laughs> to be honest, I I got um, the, the biggest one um, from the previous generation, and and I started drawing a lot. I one of my biggest inspiration uh, was Evan Melamunzen, who did um, one year. Uh, drawing challenge at that time uh, over Instagram, and I that that was love at first sight <laughs> to be honest. So I kind of decided that hey yeah I, I am going to try that one. So I think the first one that I did was in 2017, and I did the challenge. I did a whole year of sketching, uh, basically sketching every single day and posting every single day, and. Uh, and then I redid that, I think, two years later. <laughs> and I am doing one right now as well. So I am sitting down every single day, uh, sketching something and posting it. <laughs> on, on Nowadays, it's just Instagram. Um, but on previous challenges, I, I posted them on ArtStation and Twitter and Facebook as well. But to be honest, I got a bit tired <laughs> of all the social media work. <laughs> so nowadays it's just Instagram. But yeah, if I would have to pick uh, one segment of art that I, I really love is, is probably it is sketching. I, I am very much in love uh, with what I do right now. And I am interested in a lot of other stuff as well, but I never really have that type of affinity or I don't know that determination to to stick to all of them so my my one whole true love <laughs> to be honest is catching right now all right awesome and all right that uh, i think i'm about to sneeze one second <laughs> bless you <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> and all right so speaking of you know like sketching and stuff like that um how does your design process usually go anytime you want to start working on a new piece basically what does the structure of your pipeline look like could you explain that for us yes um obviously if it is about if it would be about uh, digital sketching and digital art basically paintings i i have a different type of pipeline for that uh if it is a bigger piece then i usually would 
do a lot of research of uh, ref references. I, I am a big advocate for, yes, you have to use references, photo references, and mirrors. Use your own hands, use your own expression, use, use whatever you can. Uh, it is not cheating people, <laughs> whoever likes to think that. Um, I have a very, I, I am very, very fond of my uh, Pinterest reference boards. I have <laughs> multiple ones. Uh, they are kind of public, I think. I haven't really posted much about them, but they are available uh, because people usually ask about them. And uh, one of the main things with sketches, for me at least, is that the whole challenge is not really about anything very special in, in terms of goals. So I don't really try to achieve something by sketching other than keeping my passion in place. Uh, so I tend to not think a lot about it. So people have been asking about some kind of tutorials about how I do things, maybe voiceover uh, video recordings and stuff where I can keep telling people what I am doing right now. But it is kind of like a process of journaling for me, to be honest. And not in terms of, hey, this has happened today with me, so I am going to draw something about that specifically. It's just whenever you have that kind of jumble of words or um, thoughts or feelings in yourself, whenever you try to put them down on paper or canvas or something like that, uh, they kind of get organized a little bit, a bit more, um, a bit more, uh, a bit less chaosy, <laughs> if I can put it like that. Um, so I usually, because I have to draw every day, I kind of, I would say force myself, but obviously it's not that, not, not that much force <laughs> in it for myself. I just, I, I don't really give myself time to think much about it, if you know what I mean. I usually, if I feel particularly um, out of ideas, then I would just simply go to my <laughs> Pinterest and just pick out something that catches my eyes and I do some kind of study of it. Maybe I um, mix up some parts of it, uh, change the hair, change some parts of the pose. I would uh, add nice little details, some fantasy stuff that I would uh, think uh, would make it more interesting for me. Other times I just, uh, I love <laughs> reading and I love doing a lot of illustrations for, from scenes that, that felt particularly graphic to me. So I, I really love uh, putting those on paper because yeah, they can be a very, very big uh, inspiration uh, for me, source of inspiration for me. And sometimes I even use uh, story dice <laughs> because that can be very much fun um, to come up with something absolutely random uh, based on what, what the dice uh, gave me. And... Uh, because now I am actually doing the mermaid challenge. <laughs> I, it's pretty much a given that, yes, I am going to do some mermaids today. <laughs> That's not really that, that complicated to come up with. Um, so the way I am seeing my process, how it goes whenever I open up my canvas, uh, some for some people and sometimes for me as well, it can be very intimidating to see one big white expense and seeing it 
so empty and now you have to put something on it. Um, but with the kind of uh, special uh, circumstance that you don't give time to yourself to <laughs> start panicking on it, you just you just put down your pencil and start moving your hand. And that's pretty much what I usually do. I, if Even if I don't know anything about what is going to be that day's sketch, I just start with, for example, some lines, some some circles, and very soon uh, it will start uh, to give some kind of expression, an idea of expression, an idea of a pose for me. And I will kind of mindlessly go with that. So I, I started very chaotically. It will be very, very messy. I love it. Just today I received comments. It's, oh, it's so clean. <laughs> what do you mean, people? I do believe my art is anything but clean. It is usually very chaotic and very, very messy. And I don't really feel like uh, cleaning it up. So I, I, a lot of the times I, I leave it very messy and uh, very dirty in, in a sense that so many searching lines will be kept in the sketch. I, I won't erase them. Sometimes I don't really even know how some of them get erased because <laughs> I don't really pay attention to them. So it, it just, I, I let it breathe. I let it have its own life. And yeah, I try as much as possible not really to stress about it because that's kind of the freedom of not uh, not forcing yourself to a goal other than enjoying the process and other than uh, liking what you do. Because what I, yes, I, I grew up with artists and I, <laughs> I live my life between artists, uh, amongst artists. So yes, I, I am very much aware that so many people hate their work and I always felt a little bit weird about not hating my work, <laughs> to be honest, because I I usually like uh, watching my, back my earlier stuff, because even if it wasn't that good, if, or if I messed up some some proportions or anatomy or something like that, I do remember uh, still remember all that that nice feeling that that process gave me while I was working on those pieces as well by now I have oh my god thousands of works obviously <laughs> so I have I have a very big pool <laughs> to look back on <laughs> and even then I usually keep thinking that hey yes obviously I would do very very differently nowadays what I did there but I still kind of admire a little bit uh, my my way of thinking back then because you have to let yourself making those type of mistakes. Other, otherwise, you won't, you won't um, really make any progress any, anytime soon. So that is probably it. <laughs> All right. And actually, this is an interesting question. What was the first art job paycheck you ever got? And what was it for? And how did you feel at the time when you got it? Basically, the first time you ever got paid for your art. Hmm. I do believe it was a tiny little um, picture book for children uh, about manners. <laughs> it was a very cute little book. Um, it was through uh, 
I, I got introduced to a publisher through my dad because he was working with, uh, with a publisher and uh, they saw my work. So they thought that, yes, this, this would do really nicely for a little, um, for a little book. Uh, and I did quite a few illustrations for them. I actually managed to uh, negotiate a much better price <laughs> than initially it was uh, offered. So I was very much proud of myself. To be honest, my parents were very proud of me <laughs> as well <laughs> because of that. And it was uh, all in all a very nice experience because I I was very determined from a very early age that I am going to earn my share as as soon as possible so i i i had that idea that i am not going to burden my parents any longer than absolutely necessary so i i always looked for uh, options to actually earn my <laughs> my keeping <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was a very nice feeling to be honest and later on you just you just keep doing what you are doing and keep uploading it keep trying to make people uh, see it and make yourself visible as much as possible. Uh, obviously, I did all of that without overextending myself. I, I, I really don't like the social media work, uh, to be honest. And um, and I got other um, offers through uh, DeviantArt, for example. I I really love that 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 kind of paid for my whole college years. <laughs> With, with book illustrations, uh, it was really nice. It, it felt kind of empowering, to be honest. That's really awesome, honestly. And for a lot of people who don't know before, like social media got so big, like I, I guess in late 2000s, early to early 2010s, like DeviantArt was like the main place to go. Yeah. Like, it was like the art session of that time. It was, art, it, it was much easier to be an artist back then because you didn't have to post on like seven different platforms at the same time. Yes. It was just <laughs> DeviantArt, boom, go, next. Yes. No, it was, to be honest, it was very, very hard for me, difficult for me to to adapt to all of the new platforms that, hey, you have to be uh, present now here and here and here. And even DeviantArt had, had all of the links, the uh, external links as well that, hey, do you have a Tumblr? Hey, do you have a Twitter? Hey, do you have something like that? And, and, and you had to basically put all of the links there because a lot of people were it, – it was impossible to actually follow somebody just one at one place. So we actually had in, in Hungary uh, a platform. It was artrpg.com <laughs> or Hugh. I don't know <laughs> if it was a com or not. Uh, and it was kind of a nice, uh, neatly organized uh, central place for Hungarian, mostly fantasy artists at, at that era. And, uh, and I actually got a lot of my current uh, connections from that place before it. I, I, I do believe it is still up, <laughs> but very, very few people are using it. Uh, but it was wonderful, to be honest. So uh, after that, I discovered DeviantArt and then everything yeah, expanded, <laughs> to be honest. I, I wasn't really able to keep up with all the stuff. And obviously, as a as a very teenager slash young adult uh, getting into their uh, young uh, ages, 
years <laughs> beer towards there uh, kind of learning how internet worked <laughs> how web pages and 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 which platforms were designed for what for example i to this day i believe i have my tumblr and i don't really tend to that but i still get a lot of notifications that hey somebody like this and and it's it's still going but i was not really sure about how it should function because for me it, it wasn't really that prominent platform <laughs> to be honest i sometimes uploaded pictures uh drawings and other times i used it for for blogging my thoughts and no i i kind of very much left it in the past <laughs> because i felt that no one that's not going to happen very often so i over the years i kind of gravitated toward uh, platforms that I can just upload pictures and leave it at that. So. Yeah, I remember like, you know, DeviantArt was actually one of the first uh, art social medias I made back in 2000. Um, damn. I was 18, I think, when I first made my wow. <laughs> and I'm 20, I get, I become 26 in two months. So about... It wasn't that much long ago. It was eight years ago. But it's still, even eight years ago, DeviantArt was yeah. active, you know? Like, I yes. remember, like, I followed some senior concept artist guy that worked on Halo. And it was, like, a trend. Like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but that DeviantArt was, like, the trend and meta that whenever you follow someone, they would send you a message that, oh, thanks for following me and liking. Or It had that feature for a while, yeah, I like think. Like, yeah. observing or watching does something like that. Yes, yes, because uh, and that that got a little bit chaosy for me as well, to be honest. Because you uh, that then groups uh, got introduced as a feature, and and then I, I don't really know if the uh, daily deviations were uh, were a thing from the start, or that came later on, or not. But yeah, it <laughs> it, it was very much for the space to actually network. With, with people as well, and yeah, boy, I miss yeah, it. <laughs> points, if I'm not wrong, right? Yes, yes. That that was that was a later addition. I I do remember when they when they got introduced. So yeah, <laughs> I never really understood what what that was about. I, I didn't do either, but I, my monkey brain had the urge to collect more for some reason. Yeah, because because I I came from the era where we had the the virtual pets. Uh, as well we, we had uh, I, I don't know if it was an international or just a Hungarian thing we had the the camels the, the, the digital pets on, 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 a, on a website and, and I it, think it was something called Neo I never uh, tried it or you know played it but I think there was something called Neo Pets if I'm not mistaken that was super popular maybe yeah <laughs> let me check actually <laughs> yeah I think it was Neo Pets yeah Nice times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I remember when I was a kid. I... Was... No, sorry, sorry. No, go, go, on, on. go on, sorry, sorry, sorry. Go on, go on. No, no. I just, I just thought for a while that that those llamas were, uh, are, were going to be those type of pets as well. That no. No, I think the llamas were just the name of the credit points, like brownie points you would get on the website yeah. for being active. I guess. Yeah, you would and earn now... badges. Yeah, and it's getting even worse now. You not only have to have your own Discord server, you need to be 
active on a lot of Discord servers. And yeah. a lot of Discord servers have these bots where, you, where they give you points and credits to, you know, as much active you are. And you need to, like, it's getting, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just... My brain is kind of like old fashioned in a way. Yeah, we are getting old. It's not for us. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, no. I I do feel like now that I am in my thirties, uh, that that I I am getting old. I am becoming another generation from. Uh, basically, I I get separated from a lot of stuff that I really loved and were very trendy uh, in my earlier years. And I still feel like that, hey, yes, yes, I, I do uh, identify with these type of platforms and, and I do have my memories of them. But now they they changed so much over time that, that, that yeah, I kind of, um, I missed the train or I don't know. <laughs> so that, that ship has sailed without us. That, that, that went on without us. It, they, they, they left out at the station. Yes, now you are old. You, 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 you are not allowed to come with us anymore. Yeah. It, it kind of feels like that. <laughs> three years ago, there was lockdown. That's how fast it all yes. passed by. Yes, we are actually in, very much in, in, in home office for years now. That triggered our moving and stuff. So it changed our lives so much, <laughs> to be honest. And it's so weird to to move into that very very digital virtual space even more than we were living our lives uh, a couple of years ago. So yeah, nowadays everybody has to kind of keep some kind of persona on internet and social media. Uh, it it is so weird to have kind of courses and and workshops and and techniques on how to engage with your followers and what the hell i'm a person i'm i'm a very very simple person Ed. <laughs> and as i mentioned to you uh, beforehand uh, i i do really think of myself as a very very small fish uh, compared to other artists and and whoever is in in this era in in this uh, in this scene so i i really do feel a bit weird when, when people start asking for uh, asking me tutorials and and uh, and stuff and and kind of I have this weird feeling that that people have obviously put me on some kind of pedestal <laughs> because of what they can see from my Instagram, but I I really do feel very much humbled <laughs> because all of the attention. And it and it kind of surprises me every single day how much people are paying attention to what I'm doing. And that obviously will, even if you don't really plan on maintaining this kind of persona, you, you will feel some kind of obligation to keep it up <laughs> in some forms. So there are some, I don't know, expectations Um now that you you have to uphold in in some way, even if that's not that big, so yeah, <laughs> it's weird. It 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 is very weird to 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 live our lives this much in in the virtual space now. Because I, I, I know what you mean, but it's, yeah, it's weird. Not. No, no, no. It's it's just it's just weird. <laughs> I'm rambling. Yeah. 
no, 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 you're not. And yeah, I was just going to say, I, I get what you mean. And But honestly, think of it this way. Maybe there's a lot of people who, who like the style of work you're doing. So I don't think that should make you feel weird when people ask you to make courses or tutorials for the style of things you're doing. Because maybe maybe they're, they, you're their cup of tea, you know? And... <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't, no, I wasn't fast enough to mute the microphone. I'm sorry to all the headphone users. I hope you're all right. It wasn't that that loud, I, I do believe. Did this one in time. All right. Yeah. And you know yeah, there's, they're really sneaky. Like sometimes they suddenly come up, you know, and yes. you're, like, you're like, oh God, here it comes. And <laughs> Yes, especially during a gaming session because yeah, I, I game a lot uh, with my husband and friends, and, and whenever you have both of your hands, one one on the keyboard, one on the mouse, and you don't have enough time to reach the mute button in that, <laughs> and everybody in, in the in this session is just ah. <laughs> I know the struggle very well. Yeah, and I mean, mentioning Overwatch, what other games do you play aside from Overwatch? Well, I very much love uh, RPG games. I I love storytelling games. I actually read a nice uh, and interesting um, article about generations and their preference to different types of games. And it is weird that the older generation is actually very much prefers storytelling games um and and yeah younger generations are are, are not really paying that much attention to them but my all-time favorite game is actually mass effect i have fun art over there that i did because i love that very much i have a pendant from the game as well but it is a kind of funny thing because i'm not really uh, good at sci-fi art and stuff but but my all-time favorite game is a sci-fi game um i i like i loved uh witcher for example and i am currently playing through dragon age inquisition <laughs> on the ps4 <laughs> sorry <laughs> but yeah for everyday gaming that we do with my husband and friends that's mostly Overwatch. <laughs> to be honest, not not that much. Some some small cute indie games uh, that are co-op um, games. We love some kind of puzzles and stuff. But whenever I'm playing alone, I would I would go for the best story or the best graphic because yeah, that's that's my muse. I I just love all the story in Mass Effect. I I do believe the writers were masterminds and all the characters were done so perfectly. I, yeah, (laughs) that's my comfort game, to be honest. Well, that's kind of interesting because I want to give two recommendations for games because I'm sure you'll love them. The first one is Mm -hmm. a game I recently finished and it's literally, I know it is kind of overselling, but it's literally one of the best single player games I've ever played. Hands down. The art was 10 out of 10. The writing was 10 out of 10. It's like watching a really well-written, fun action movie, but it's in video game format. You have and me on the edge of my seat, yeah? Yes. It's <laughs> what is the Guardians of the Galaxy game from 2021. Oh, okay. It's, it was one of the best 18 hours of it. The story mode gets finished in 18 to 19 hours, so that's like a lot of content. 
and oh. the gameplay is fun the story is fun and it's one of those games where the your even the smallest decisions and dialogues have an effect later on in the outcome in the oh. story and how the things work and like actually a couple of times during the game it has i don't know if you watch guardians of galaxy movie but it's based on that it's like one of my favorite (laughs) it's like one of my favorite you know basically my favorite comic based uh like you know stories and settings guardians of Mm -hmm. galaxy in their characters and the team and everything and there was like a couple of instances in the game that i actually laughed out loud because of how funny it was like some some places of it like and i uh, like oh, of course i'm not gonna mention what they were because spoilers and <laughs> the second game i want to mention which is a really cute indie game i actually discovered today it's really it's reminiscent of those old uh, jrpgs that you know is very re- narrative rich driven game it's really mm-hmm. cute it's called fear and hunger and oh. it's a uh, now, I'm joking. It's not really cute. It's actually really <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, based on the name, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed cute. Yeah, but, I, but actually, like, no joke, it's actually really interesting and amazing game. It was developed by one person, and it's like one of those things that hooks you. It's miserable, mm-hmm. but you want to, but you keep playing it. Yeah. yeah. I am going to check it out because it's I, I really, usually... It's a really intense game, and once you die, if you don't save it, you have to start from the beginning. Oh no, those are my oh yeah. You have to make mistakes, but I keep I keep those mistakes no <laughs> because back then I, I started playing with uh with Senua uh and before people got into it there there was the the gossip uh that that, that you will have to start over if you die. And that was not true in the end. But, oh boy, <laughs> did that frighten me very early on. <laughs> well, actually, if speaking of like actual horror games, and my one of my most favorite horror games ever is Phasmophobia. It's, if you haven't played it, it's a multiplayer game. It's the maximum amount of team is four players. <laughs> so I'm sure we can quickly find a squad. Just listen, it's extremely fun. And it's scary <laughs> at the same time. The I first am... Sorry, no, go sorry, ahead. Go no, ahead. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 please finish it. All right. Like the first time I played with some of my friends and they extensively I should install it because it's fun. I was like, nah, let's just play League of Legends, whatever. I don't want to install any game. And with it, and listen, the first time it happened, like this, listen, the design of everything of this game is amazing. The AI is mm-hmm. in, in this game. And like basically, you're a team of ghost hunters. Mm-hmm. You don't actually go hunt the ghosts. You go to the, you go a different location. You have a lot of devices in the truck outside, and you have to. And with those devices, you need to find the ghost room. Mm-hmm. And when you find the ghost room, you need to find enough evidence. Like usually, each ghost has three evidence markers, so you need to test a lot of equipments to see which type of ghost it is. Then you should mark it and get out. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And during those times, when you're in the house, your sanity level drops, and as your collective sanity drops. The hunts and the ghosts are become more dangerous and they start the hunts. And when the oh. hunts happen, everything goes dark and the door to the outside gets shut. So you have to hide somewhere and you better hide somewhere good because you're dead if you don't. Oh, no. And if you die, you become a ghost and you can spectate your friends as well. It's kind of fun. And it's oh, no. really a scary. They sing a scary songs ring around the roses. Oh, no. And there's different type of. There's one that crawls like spider. There's one like a little girl. There's one like there's this huge tall guy with an axe. And listen, it's 
extremely like when you're in a closet and you hear the sound design is amazing <laughs> because it's 360. Yeah, yeah. If, if the ghost is coming from that, you think in real life, oh, oh shit, it was behind me. And <laughs> like the first time, as I said, I was saying when I playing it, the hunt happened, and I didn't open. The hunt happens, the door to the house gets closed, oh. and I was running outside. And in my face, the door closed, and I kept hearing the footsteps coming by and the ghost laughing his circle as it gets. Closed. I just oh, altered for it. I just altered for it. I was like, screw this shit. I'm out. <laughs> no, to be honest, I really do respect those people who can enjoy horror as a genre. I am that person who scares extremely easily. So I, I usually with games that have scary themes or horror themes, I am dying inside a little bit because people are telling that, that hey, the story is fantastic. You should play just for the story itself. And I can't. I just literally can't. I, I, I am not able to. So I, I, I really am longing for some kind of format where, where people do these kind of cuts or... I don't know, the, this type of summary videos or something like that that will actually let you know what is the story and leaving the scary parts out. <laughs> so that those little scared shits like me <laughs> can also enjoy those stories as well. But listen, the thing was, you know, after a while, it that scary part goes away and it becomes an adrenaline rush party with phasmophobia. Like after a while you learn the game and I, and I just start trolling your teammates and the ghosts even like, you know, you just, you find a trick to just run around the cabinet and the ghost keeps following you and it go this way and the ghost comes this way like comic movies. But still it's really scary and just because anytime if you make a single mistake, you're dead. Oh no, I, I, I cannot take them to be honest. I, I tried watching some movies, even thrillers and stuff and and they, they gave me such uh, such a, an intense adrenaline rush that I, I, I feel like my heart cannot take it. so but I, I just should, have yeah <laughs> I think you should watch a couple of videos on YouTube of people playing phasmophobia. Yeah. I think it's really fun because if you, if you play multiplayer <laughs> because the thing is in the game you need to communicate with your teammates. Yeah. And another thing is ghosts, if when a ghost hunts, you need to turn off your flashlight. Because on all your electronic devices that you have in your hand, because the ghost can find you with that. And the other thing ghosts can find you is with talking. So so everyone should be quiet and just turn off everything, shut down everything, kill switch. Oh my, I should get paid from like the developers of Phasmophobia. Where are you guys? Like I'm doing this podcast, like I'm I'm promoting your game like this and I get nothing. To a very scared girl. I, yeah. I will let you know if I, I manage to, to watch a couple of videos. Sure. <laughs> no, no, we no. usually we, we have some um, gamer YouTubers that we we watch during a meal or something like that, and, and especially the ones that, that have this kind of very uh, joking uh, quality to them, those I can watch. But even that, I, I have to hear them laugh during those <laughs> during those scenes otherwise i cannot take it yeah i know what you mean <laughs> but honestly like no joke guardians of galaxy game is an amazing game like I and, check it and, out. and the thing that's really made me giggle like a little girl when i found out in the game <laughs> it has an extremely well photo mode so as oh. an aspiring artist or environment artist i took a lot of screenshots from the game mm, that's great and just 10 out of 10 
game for me. Honestly. Mm-hmm. And especially as someone who loves no, no, I, I had that kind of thing with The Witcher 3, mm-hmm. because in, in that there are so many beautiful scenes that I had to stop the game and just enjoy the view. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, yeah, like, just, I don't know what else to say without spoiling, but it's just an amazing game. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll love it, because... I will. It's even if you don't haven't watched anything from Guardians of the Galaxy, the story is still stands. You don't need to watch the movies or anything. It's just mm-hmm. a, the plot is amazing, in my oh. opinion. I, I really loved it. You got me hooked. I am going to check it out. Thanks yeah. for the recommendation. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, the third movie recently came out, and <laughs> actually, it's really rare that happens. Only once or twice it happened before, but in this movie, it made me cry like a couple of times. It was a really intense oh. movie. I loved I it. I loved it, but yeah, it was. <laughs> it actually gave me PTSD flashbacks or something. <laughs> no, I, I can cry very easily. I, I cry on a lot of movies, on a lot of book stories, on, on video games um, on a regular basis, to be honest. I, I, I do have that kind of tendency that I, I, I love imagining myself in, into the, uh, the place of, of people who are, yeah, I just, I just love angst. In, in some form, so that, that's that's one of my main uses, my main sources of inspiration when I, I I go to sketch. I don't really know why that speaks to me. I obviously in my teenage years, all, all my angst went into my art, <laughs> obviously, and um, and to this day, it it is still a very cathartic uh, experience to to draw something very intense uh, emotionally and uh, even if my day hasn't been that bad <laughs> to be honest it is sometimes very very cute when people are commenting on on a very emotional uh, sketch that oh i hope you are okay and yes i am fine thank you very much it is completely fine don't worry it just sometimes feels very very nice like a good workout or something to 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 put all of that on on paper in some yeah. forms. So yeah, I think because your personal type, you're I think you're really extremely sensitive empath, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I never really looked into yeah, that's literally the, the definition of empathy: being able to put yourself in other person's shoes to feel what they're feeling. That's called empathy. As yeah, basic yeah. definition as it is. That's why I cannot really take a horror and, and a thriller movies because <laughs> I get stressed out by by what the, the main character experiences. So I, I remember it was um, what what those movies are called when, when it's about some kind of catastrophe, some kind of uh, natural disaster or something something like that. And okay. uh, I, I don't remember the title of the movie. We, we watched with a couple of friends uh, while I was a teenager in high school. And uh, and it was it was a chasing scene. So the the characters were, were running from some wolves, maybe I I don't know. We on a very treacherous uh, <laughs> uh, terrain. You you would never know if 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 the next turn you will still have a path forward <laughs> before before they catch you. And I just couldn't take it. I just I just had to, had to get up <laughs> and go to the kitchen, get a drink. I don't know, uh, get some air because my my heart was racing so bad <laughs> because I was oh my god I have to get out I have to get out. I wasn't really able to to get to the end of the movie at all. 
And since then, I, I, I'm, I'm not really even trying to watch <laughs> disaster movies. That, yeah. that's, that's the kind of thing. I just cannot really take them. I am very interested in the story. I'm so curious to find out what will happen <laughs> without all the drama and stress and adrenaline. <laughs> yeah. All right. And um, before we move on to the next question, I want to ask you something. I actually remember that I wanted to ask you. Who are your mm-hmm. mains in Overwatch, actually? Oh. <laughs> I am that person who is going to flex for their team <laughs> most of the time. So my husband hates playing tank and, and, and sometimes DPS, so he, he usually plays support. I am a Filthy Mercy main by origin. Uh, when Moira got introduced, I, I fell in love. She was my absolute favorite. For a long time, I played Zanyatta. And um, then when I started flexing a lot, I was put as a tank a lot of the time. So I got into Zarya. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, and since Overwatch 2 because re- they reworked uh, Orisa, uh, I really love uh, her playstyle <laughs> now. As well. So I, I have quite a pool. If I actually get to uh, be a DPS, then I am going Farah. If I have a pocket mercy, obviously, <laughs> and yeah. I will destroy everything. <laughs> Yeah, actually, for me, like, there's a couple of chat heroes that really annoy me. One of them is actually Moira. Like, no offense, but... Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, but good Moira players can get really annoying, you know? Yes, absolutely. And and a lot of people are actually hating uh, the... I I don't know, it's called now TikTok Moira. I I never saw videos uh, about that. There's some kind of trend. Uh, about that and, and the, the, these players usually play Moira as a DPS player and they, they just never heal their team and just go in and eliminate the backline and oh god it can be super annoying playing against a good Moira <laughs> yeah but I'm a super like, player. yeah Lucio Moira and Sigma yeah. these three <laughs> are really annoying yes yes absolutely Oh, it's it, Overwatch is such a such an interesting and very very unique game to this day. I do believe because um, it's it's not that kind of classic shooter because obviously a lot of people have been criticizing it uh, for those type of characters that don't really involve that much aiming, for example. <laughs> if we are getting into game design and stuff, uh, I, I obviously. Back then, before Symmetra was revered for the however's time, uh, she she had the the auto aim on with six turrets, and yes, I was playing Symmetra a lot. <laughs> to be honest, it was so much fun, and and people uh, started using these these type of. Uh, I don't know what to call them, these type of insults that that no aim, no brain type of characters with Winston and stuff. And I don't know, it, it was just very refreshing because people who had a very nice game sense, that type of strategic, strategic brain about how a, a team composition should go, but did not really have, for example, a very good PC. Or uh, or that that nice uh, mechanic skill <laughs> in the game v- were able to actually be in that type of uh, game style as well. So I really loved the the concept of Overwatch. And yes, it does have a lot of issues. Obviously, 
the developers will never be able to uh, put out a patch that will appease equally the pro players and the casual players at the same time because the skill level varies so much. So whenever one character is especially strong that has more more mechanic skill, <laughs> to be honest, um, involved, then, then all of the pros will get much more uh, stronger against casual ones who cannot really aim that much. <laughs> and vice versa, obviously. So it, it can be a very, very tricky one, but... I do love its uh, its unique place <laughs> in this in this scene. To be honest, yeah. By the way, I just had the question: Who do I look like I main on Overwatch? Actually, I'm kind of curious. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very very bad at these type of guessing games. To be honest, mm. help me a little bit, at least with the role. Right. Uh, DPS. <laughs> With DPS. I only main DPS. I don't play tank or support at all. I, oh, okay. I'm not good with them. You feel like a very, very solid soldier player or maybe a Torb? <laughs> Your first kiss was absolutely correct. The soldier is like <laughs> one of my mains. Like, I have three mains. A soldier. <laughs> like, the first one is actually Junkrat. Oh, I, I had that guess, but some people think that is an insult, so I wasn't... No, <laughs> I, no, like, I, I look normal here, but I'm insane, actually. Like, listen... <laughs> Actually, I talked about this with someone else today. Um, for some weird reason, in every single game, I I get drawn to champs that use explosives. I don't know why. <laughs> like in Dota 2, is Techies. In League of Legends, it's Ziggs and Tristana. In, I don't know. In Valorant is Race, I swear, I'm not even kidding. I recently realized this that, oh, I love bombs and explosions and jumping a lot, I guess. And like in, of course, in Overwatch, is Junkrat. Yeah, because the, because I I really love it's really satisfying when you do double satchel charge charge jump, you know. Yes, yes, that was uh, a nice. Change. I think the main thing, <laughs> it, my brain reduces like releases dopamine when it happens because race <laughs> and Valorant is kind of the same in that sense. <laughs> That's really nice. I actually love uh, Junkrat at least since uh, they changed that now he doesn't uh, damage himself <laughs> with his. With his elbow when he's shooting a wall or something, because obviously the main thing about his his design is is all of this bouncing, very chaotic, uh, very unpredictable uh, ways how he can actually kill you, and uh, and yeah, it, it is so much fun. But nowadays, so many tanks and other stuff can can actually counter it. That oh my god. Whoever manages to make it work, that's a genius. <laughs> but at the same time, actually, uh, that's part of the reason why I love Farah, because she she fires uh, rockets, obviously, and she yeah. she is afloat all the time. So if they don't have an especially fantastic hitscan player on the enemy team, then I can destroy them. <laughs> Yeah, she's vicious. Yeah, yeah, especially like, like the thing with some champs or heroes is they're really simple, but once you actually get good with them, you can be really annoying. Like Farah is also one of them, because with Farah you just you you need to get good at shooting the place the enemy is going, not where the enemy is. Yeah, you know? yes, it's it's a lot of um, prediction game 
to be honest, if, um, when you are trying to play, um, for example, this type of sniper far out, when you are shooting from very far away. And obviously a lot of map designs are making um, your choice very, very interesting as well, because obviously very, very open maps are not as good for Fara because you have some kind of cover to to hide behind. Even if you have a Mercy, now that they changed Mercy's cooldowns uh, with, with her guardian angel, so she cannot really follow you that quickly <laughs> whenever you are jumping from one space to another. And if you manage to get your Mercy killed, then, well, <laughs> that's shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, right, I have uh, being over much. We have a lot of Patchy Marie uh, clichés <laughs> on our shelf. <laughs> really? Yeah, awesome. we collected them. <laughs> so so. We went with my husband to the. I do believe it was the very last BlizzCon that was held um, in Anaheim uh, before before COVID hit. Uh, we, we had our engagement there and, and stuff. It was it was very nice. <laughs> and oh, we purchased awesome. a lot of Pachimaris. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Overwatch collectibles and stuff like yes. that. Awesome. We had so many. <laughs> All right. The kid will be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one lucky kid, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, well, have you ever used any parts of your dreams as inspirations for your works? No, I cannot really say that I do, at least because I don't really tend to remember them, only the bad ones. And even from bad ones, I usually keep mostly just feelings, those type of kind of desperation or depression or some kind of uh, very negative feeling. I can channel that into a sketch, uh, into a drawing, because most of the time, if I if I manage to wake up from a very bad dream, then I will probably carry that type of mood throughout the whole day. <laughs> Hopefully, I can change that, but a lot of the times it won't uh, go away that easily. And I will probably incorporate that in some ways into into a sketch, but not um, not a, a direct uh, translation because yeah, I. I remember very, very few dreams, <laughs> to be honest. All right. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> who are some of your favorite artists and designers that have inspired you the most? Uh, as I mentioned, one of my absolute favorites were Evan, Evan Malamunzen. I really hope that I don't butcher his name. I actually managed to, to meet him uh, on an IFCC uh, a couple of years back. Uh, it was really nice. <laughs> and... Otherwise, um, well, I have a couple of them, but I don't really have that type of uh, fan fan mentality that I, I keep them very much in my mind. I do really adore uh, Charlie Bowater. I really do, do hope that I didn't butcher her name as well. <laughs> I, I, I love all of her work. Uh, for, for digital painting, probably she is my, my, my biggest inspiration. Uh, I aspire to reach her level of rendering and, and expression. It, it's fantastic to see. Uh, if, even um, her tutorials, she has a couple of videos on YouTube, for example, and I purchased a couple of them on Gumroad, for example. And 
without even any kind of voiceover or something like that. I just, if I want to get into the mood of actually painting, because sometimes I paint, not not too uh, often, but sometimes I do, um, I, I will just watch, um, start watching a little bit of her videos and, and it will put me right in the <laughs> mindset of actually uh, how, how I want to render, how I want to approach a painting. And I do have a couple of uh, very, very talented artists that I am ashamed that I am not able <laughs> to name them <laughs> right off the bat, <laughs> to be honest. Some of my colleagues are fantastic artists that I work with. Uh, I do tend to um, share their work whenever they have uh, something new on their Instagram in my stories as well. And uh, I just I just like to bask in all of the new uploads of, of their of their stuff. Before Twitter got a little bit messed up, uh, I really loved Twitter as well because I managed to somehow curate my my following <laughs> that I usually just followed artists. So my feed was actually a very chill place that I can only see basically art that have been uploaded and it was very beautiful. <laughs> All right. And what are you working on right now that, that you can share with us? Like, I mean, of course, there's always NDAs involved, but if that's not the case, you know, what are you doing right now? Well, I'm mainly just focusing on, on daily sketches, uh, really. So there are not really, um, there is not really a bigger project that is going on. I have a couple of smaller commissions in the background <laughs> that I am slowly chipping away. Um but yeah, back uh, back in a couple of months, or maybe it was already years, oh my God, time flies by <laughs> very quickly, um, because I've, I'm very much into D&D, <laughs> and I was playing uh, in a very nice campaign that I loved. Uh, I was working on a very big um, group illustration uh, about our D&D group, basically, and I that that took me a while <laughs> to finish it. Not many many people are really looking at it. To be honest, it is pinned on my Instagram, uh, but that's that's very very close to my heart. Um, other than that, I am planning to actually do a couple of more refined, basically paintings of book characters and uh, and scenes that I recently read. And ha I had them in my mind, and I just know that with sketches, I won't really be able to do justice to them. So I probably am going to, at some point, whenever I have the time, uh, render them a little bit more as, as paintings, if I manage to get that. <laughs> but I mostly just just focus daily, uh, daily sketches nowadays. So yeah. <laughs> Speaking of daily sketches, like there's something you mentioned and we discussed before we started a podcast, which is this whole thing where um, you basically like, you know, get a lot of like similar questions when, when in regards mm -hmm. to you know, how to start and all that stuff. And people usually like this rainbowy kind of answer, but the answer, as we mentioned, is usually just, you know, yeah. learn and understand <laughs> the fundamentals and practice. But if you want to elaborate more on that, what do you have to say? Well, yeah, most of the questions, uh, the questions that I get almost exclusively all the time, the same ones, are how did you get so good at sketching <laughs> or anatomy or some kind of variation of that? 
and what are your brushes? What brush did you use? And what I, I do really feel uh, or, or sense behind that question is people um, suspecting or assuming that there is some kind of very big secret that, that artists manage to crack <laughs> or some uh, that manage to discover some, some truth that, that uh, they need to uh, conquer in, in order to be able to actually do the stuff they do. And that there is some kind of uh, shortcut <laughs> to get to that place where you are. And it is usually very disappointing, probably, as I, I, <laughs> I do believe people may feel like that when we tell them that, no, there is no secret. I have been doing this my whole life. Uh, and <laughs> at the same time, to not discourage people, it's never too late to start it. Because obviously I started as a kid, but I never said that, yes, I, I got to this place as a kid and I have been upholding this type of uh, quality ever since. No, I, I have been drawing. I loved drawing. I loved learning about it. Uh, not in an intense way, I might add. I just, I just did. I just draw all the time, <laughs> to be honest. And if you do something very much, uh, very often, uh, then it is kind of inevitable that you will get better at it. Even uh, even with muscle memory, you will just get that type of routine, that uh, type of exercise in, in your hands, that, that your lines are more uh, self-assured, they are more... Um, how to put it? <laughs> you, you, do, you don't have to fear uh, not being able to uh, draw a straight line or do the type of curve that you, you wished for. I struggled a lot with that as well. I just did probably a lot more <laughs> than some people did, uh, who think that I probably just born uh, with this type of ability. So no, there is no secret, uh, but I... I do have the type of idea that probably some people are more obsessed with with the goal, with the end goal, um, and with with all the fluff that comes with being an artist who is kind of popular, <laughs> so to put it. Uh, because obviously, it it has that nice feeling of hey. This artist is known that 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 puts them in some kind of kind of celebrity position or something like that. As as I mentioned earlier, I don't really am fond of that <laughs> that aspect of being an artist. Uh, and and they want to be able to do stuff right away without getting to that point. And that's actually my my. Um, my approach to drawing is that I don't really have a point where what I, I'm trying to reach. Actually, getting a lot of followers or getting a lot of uh, inquiries about commissions and stuff, that I am really humbled and I'm really grateful for that. But I, at the same time, I'm very surprised <laughs> and a little bit taken aback because I never really planned on this type of thing. It, it just came about because I was doing this stuff and people thought that it was pretty. So 
it's not it's not something I believe that you can actually plan. It it's not about a brush. Brushes are nice, <laughs> to be honest. You have to find the one that is more comfortable for you. For example, it was very funny, to be honest. I I went into our office um, in a couple of months back, and I had my iPad with me. And one of my colleagues were asking uh, about the daily sketches, and uh, I uh, gave him uh, an empty canvas <laughs> with my usual sketch brush, <laughs> to be honest, to try out. And even the pressure that he put into it made it look very, very vastly different. It, it, it wasn't really about the brush. It was, it was about your personality, your approach on how you like drawing. I, I for example, am handing my, uh, how I'm holding my pen is, is very light, <laughs> very loose. I don't really love uh, very rigid drawing, but some people do, and that's perfectly fine. So obviously I can give you my brush. Uh, it is actually <laughs> free to download, as you mentioned uh, in the introduction. introduction. Um, it's pay what you want. And some people have been paying me and it was very, very nice and generous of you. So <laughs> for those of you, I am very thankful, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> because it is free and it is very simple, to be honest, because it's a slightly modified uh, default brush from Procreate. So... It's nothing fancy or nothing special. I don't really use textured brushes or or effect brushes, uh, so to speak. Um, so yeah, for anybody who asks uh, about how to get where somebody else is, the answer will be at the same time the same for every artist probably and a very, very... Um, personal, unique one for everybody at the same time. So one thing that we all do is that we practice a lot. <laughs> we do it a lot. We probably uh, do it daily or at least on a very regular basis. And probably I would say that we do, uh, do stuff that makes us happy, that we love to draw, that we love to create, Sometimes a lot of artists are actually challenging themselves as much as possible so that they can get better at other uh, aspects of art. So maybe I am not really good at uh, environment art at all, but sometimes I get to do a study or something like that for an interior, for example, and I enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> it is fantastic. Uh, it just not... It just doesn't hold that much interest for me that I, I usually go back to my, my comfort zone and I do that. And that's also perfectly fine as well. So a lot of people will tell you their personal story, how they got there. But the one thing that is always common is that they probably did a lot of practice. <laughs> and it will take time. Probably it will take time. But I'm just going to throw out an idea out there for anyone who's listening. I just I think, had a genius idea for a, a structure of a drawing course mm. or a painting course, whatever. <laughs> of course, you start off with the basics, but first project is draw an apple. The second project, okay. draw an apple on a plate with a knife next to it. The next project is a basket of fruit. The next okay. project is a basket of fruit with that same plate and knife on a table. 
So you draw a table and it expands and then you go, you add a frame to it, you add a cabinet, then you you draw a room in the end, which is like the final, I guess, assignment for the first like perspective 101 module, I guess Ooh, it could be something maybe. like that. <laughs> then you go out, draw the exterior of the house the room is in. Then you, then you go beyond and be, oh my God, that's actually such a genius idea. Someone has to do it. <laughs> like I'm not high or anything, but sometimes these ideas just hit me, you know? Yeah. Then, like Those that's actually nice. such a fun thing. And here's the thing, everyone can translate it into their own thing, you know? You don't yes. have to just, oh shit. Oh my god, that's <laughs> whoever's out there, you can grab this idea and run with it. Like it's fine. <laughs> it sounds very nice to be honest. To go to go with it. Go with it. Go with it. I, I want you to go with it, not anyone else. <laughs> Sketching in that regards. That's actually, that because it, it kind of gamifies it, you know? It gamifies the whole thing. It yeah. gives that mountain top look that when someone visualizes themselves before buying the course ooh, what if i want they get there that's intrigue that gets dopamine gets released in the brain oh i want to go with their dance some course that says hi mm-hmm. guys let's go through this this is what fundamental this is what banishing point is. this is what perspective is this is what uh, no. this makes it more fun yeah and you should do it the way it makes it fun to you so, yeah, some you know, there's this quote from I think, that. yeah, yeah. I, I think it was Hammond from Top Gear. There was a like a scene where he does, or I think it was James made something weird and crazy. And they, there's a famous quote that says, Sometimes my genius frightens me. <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah. Damn, someone should do it. Come on, <laughs> that could be applied even to 3D, 3D courses. Yeah. It could that's apply that's to anything. It suited very well for that, yeah. But especially <laughs> for drawing, especially for digital painting. Yes. Or painting in general. And you can it, go with the same picture and just expanding the canvas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you first draw like apple, then an apple and a plate and a knife, and apple and date and a knife, the basket of fruit, then and, and you, you draw it draw them on a table then you draw them with a vault behind with a frame or a window behind it then you do it with the corner of the room which is kind of of course goes into the two-point perspective then you expand with the door frame then you do the shot on a room where there's a door there's a table there's another work table there's a bed (laughs) then you go out in the hallway you draw the living room go outside draw the exterior draw the gardens draw the whole alleyway draw the houses in the neighborhood Draw a cityscape, I don't know, like draw the mountains nearby the house, draw the animals and the like you can go crazy with this. Yeah. It has such potential. <laughs> yeah, and there there could be a hashtag for us where people share their journey like this. And be, oh, I wonder what this guy did, you know? Oh, I wonder what this guy did. It kind of like, I mean, it kind of draws inspiration from the blender donut tutorial where everyone has their own flavor of donuts in the end. <laughs> yeah. Those are yeah. so super nice and interesting to see, to be honest. I really love those type of challenges. But you know, the fun thing is, I don't think many people will listen to this podcast at eight, one hour and 19 minutes. So this will be our little long secret, you know? Okay. So, yeah. and, and if you're one of those people who are listening to our conversation and you're like listening to it on YouTube or something, drop a red apple emoji down below because I want to see if you know the secret. Too. <laughs> and let's yeah. hope. Some apples. <laughs> yeah. All right. So aside from like art, we talked about a lot of art related stuff, mm-hmm. but now I want to ask you this. 
do you have any non-arts related hobbies or aspirations you want to pursue or are pursuing right now? Well, I don't know if they uh, count as art or against art. I have some uh, creative affinities, so this kind of crafts and arts. <laughs> so I, I guess the name is in, in, in art is in the name in some ways, but uh, I really do enjoy some sewing and I am trying to get into crocheting and stuff. <laughs> These kind of things I do love. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, I play a lot of games. I play D&D as much as possible if I manage to get a decent group. Um, and I love watching movies and reading books uh, because, yeah, I, I think I am that kind of uh, woman who does not really purchase bags and shoes and stuff. I purchase books, <laughs> a lot of books as much as possible, mostly ebooks right now because I still, we are still furnishing the house. So I don't have a proper bookshelf. <laughs> so I cannot really put, uh, put them in the house properly to, to store them. So I, I, I just purchase them in, in digital format, but yeah, we have a nice garden, which my my husband tends to, to be honest, but I do enjoy spending time in it <laughs> as much as possible because, oh God, it, it was a fantastic uh, thing to actually move out from the city to the countryside. And I do enjoy the sounds of nature, to be honest. So yeah, mostly, mostly that, I would say. If, I, if I'm not drawing, then I probably am either reading watching a movie or playing video games <laughs> honestly i think what you're what you have go, what you guys have gone on that actually sounds like my dream life i want to move to countryside one day as well <laughs> and god yeah i'm actually just i'm just gonna add another idea i just had another idea you could we could expand upon like you said you're getting into crocheting right maybe yeah. you could start crocheting like baby sweater or suits with Overwatch themed, like, you know, oh, yes. like for example, okay. Tracer logo or different champs yeah. logos, I am color palettes. I'm stealing that idea. Yes, I will do that. What's <laughs> going on? I'm having so much ideas just firing on the cylinder. So nice to hear that when, whenever you're talking to someone and they, they have these flashes of ideas. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I have anything to do with it, but it is nice. No, come on, man. <laughs> <Saying that. laughs> Actually, speaking of D&D, like I've always, you know, since I was like 14, I remember I, the first time I saw what D&D was when I, it was in Big Bang Theory series. Oh, yeah. And if, yeah, and that was like my first time I knew what it was, but... I've never gotten a chance to play it because I've because I'm personally since I was a kid, I was a super imaginative kid, but mm -hmm. I've never met anyone like myself to play or loves this stuff. About yeah. this, so I never played. So if it's possible, if you guys are having a session and you want you're needing a newbie inside, you wouldn't mind, like I please do let me know because I want to learn this game and play it as well. To be honest, actually there are now nowadays it is much more easier to to find a group uh, and to find a DM. Uh, who can run the game for you. Uh, back then, the first I actually learned about D&D &D and tabletop role-playing games is that through my little brother, who got into actually DMing uh, on earlier editions. And we were very much like kids at that time. So he started playing with friends. He started 
friends over for playing sessions and he started and tried as much as possible to involve me and my friends as well but we weren't able to I, I just don't we, we didn't really get the hang of it and it was not until much much later <laughs> when an internet friend asked me and it was maybe maybe about 10 years ago <laughs> that no no that not that long but uh, she asked me if i knew any any anyone who can uh, run a game for for her and uh, and some friends and well you are in luck <laughs> i have <laughs> i actually know a dm very close <laughs> who can run a game and with that group i started playing and then i got into it very much likely uh to to the point of today and they actually introduced me to the um, critical role because that's how they uh discovered dnd actually and and that's a love that holds ever since <laughs> to be honest and nowadays uh at least there is an official discord channel for for dungeons and dragons and I think D&D Beyond got merged into that channel as well. And they actually have um, specific channels for that, uh, to looking for group and looking for DM and looking for players and stuff. So if you just fill out the form, uh, there you, you can post that, hey, I'm looking for a group. This is my name. This is my time zone. And you can very easily find the group very quickly, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> What I, I would probably suggest and, and uh, give as an ultimate advice is that not all tables are for everybody. <laughs> so be prepared to to search for a while uh, and trying out different groups because you won't mesh with everybody right off the bat, probably. Uh, at least that's that's the issue for me that I... Now I have very specific ideas about what I am looking uh, looking for in a group uh, and in a game. Um, but there are so many fantastic advice and, and guide uh, videos on this type of uh, issue, how to run a session zero, how to make sure that everybody feels safe around the table and everybody has the most fun <laughs> that they can. So I really do recommend it because... Not only I have had fun, a lot of fun uh, <laughs> around D&D &D, uh, campaigns, it usually can have a lot of drama. It can have a lot of fantastic storytelling. It's, it's how one of my favorite DMs uh, called it that this is the most fun that a human can do with their brain, to be honest, because it is a collaborative uh, storytelling, <laughs> basically. It is all in your heads. And uh, a lot of my sketches were actually illustrations from our sessions, to be honest. I, I really love that. I, I, I plan to create, for example, uh, <laughs> uh, some kind of collection about uh, illustrations that have been inspired from our D&D uh, games, <laughs> even if no, nobody would understand them because obviously wouldn't have the context. But uh, they were very, very dear to me because... It, it usually has that uh, that type of special aspect to stories uh, that video games can't uh, do because obviously you will create your very own character. You will be one of the characters in a very cinematic story with a lot of other people 
and uh, you have the most freedom in these games that video games cannot provide. And uh, I'm getting very much into <laughs> promoting D&D for everybody. And I usually do do this that, that uh, hey, I, I do believe uh, that I think everybody should at least try D&D during their life <laughs> at least once if not all the time, if, if it's not going to be a passion, then be it, but, but let's try it at least. Because it can give you so much. All right. Awesome. And well, last but not least, we've reached the final <laughs> question and section of the podcast, which is called time capsule. So let me explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine, <clears throat> imagine the scenario that you're in a space shuttle, you're in your escape pod, of the shuttle and you're about to be get ejected into the depths of space to never ever be seen or heard about and there's a timer on your capsule uh, that it says like you know two or three minutes you know something like that like a really short amount of time and like, this is actually awesome because you're also into dnd so this actually works for you me explaining the whole story <laughs> to you and uh, like in that moments you kind of accept your fate and you take the voice recorder like device from your cabin and you record your last possible words that could be expressed from you. And in that situation, what would you love to express from yourself, another human being, to any other human being who might listen to the other side at any point of time in future? Mm-hmm. To be honest, I actually <laughs> checked a couple of previous podcasts for this <laughs> and tried to think ahead a little bit on what can be uh a proper answer to this type of question and it's kind of one of my um, guides to life itself if I can call it like that is that uh, it really does not take that much effort for anybody to to be kind to be kind to others to be kind to yourself to be kind to basically to your environment and you should always try as much as possible to behave and to give out <laughs> things that you really wish to receive yourself and uh, how how you wish to be treated by others because i i do believe that that it matters how you will be remembered <laughs> and you you don't want to be remembered as somebody who never really cared never really uh, put any effort into something that mattered to them. So try try to be the person that will be remembered as somebody who was kind and who, who was trying to be good. Basically, that's it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming by. It was a real pleasure. And what you people... <laughs> Or get people to contact you if they had any questions, you know, is Instagram okay? Uh, yes, Instagram is okay. I think I actually put out my email for a contact, a contact me button. Um, and I do prefer <laughs> if people are contacting me in email because I, I can <laughs> keep that <laughs> in focus much longer than in Instagram DMs. Uh, a lot of message requests uh, get caught up in, in uh, filters and, and stuff. So, but Instagram is probably one of the best places. So, yeah. All right. You heard it, folks. And <laughs> again, thank you so much for coming by. And thank you to anyone who tuned in and listened to this episode. If you've understood our little secret in the podcast, do drop it like a red apple emoji in the comments <laughs> below so I know. And with that being said, 
as always, by the way, if there's any comments or suggestions or critiques, leave them down in the comment section down below. And as always, take care and see you soon till next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs>